Mr. Mackling is off to Regina to cover the Grey Cup. So, of course, we had lots to discuss today on that front, including our regular Tuesday segment, Breakfast with the Bombers. We were joined by Blue Bomber running back Brady Oliveira. Meanwhile, if you're trying to get a hotel, if you're scrambling, you want to go to the Grey Cup, Bombers are playing, I gotta go. Where are you going to stay? The Regina Hotel Association will tell you if you've got a chance of getting a spot. The state of children's emergency rooms across Canada is unprecedented and we are just beginning the respiratory illness season. How bad could it get? And back to hotels, since we were talking hotels today, we wanted to ask you about your best or worst hotel experiences. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Loren McNabb and Greg Mackling, who's hitting the road today. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, November 15th podcast for The Start. Good morning. It's McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is hitting the road this morning to Regina. Maybe he'll join us. Maybe he won't. I actually have no idea. If we, is Greg going to be on with us at yes. any point this morning? Yes, he's coming on at 8 o'clock. He's hitting the road just after 7, he thought. So I thought I'd let them, like, I mean, I want to hear road trip, Greg. I don't want to hear, like, I just backed out of the driveway, Greg. Oh, there he you is. You know what I'm saying? Is he's he here? A, he's outside the studio. See? <laughs> I saw there was a banner sitting outside the studio, and I thought, is Greg coming in to pick that up? Oh, good. Hi, Greg. Good morning, my friends. <laughs> How are I we? thought you weren't hitting the road for a couple hours. Are you making an early start? Got the beef jerky packed and ready to rock or what? Beef jerky and the cheddar cheese stick. That's uh, mandatory must, for me. It's a must do. Yeah. Uh, the chocolate milk is a must do. Rice Krispie squares. Those are my go-to in the morning uh, snacks. Yeah, I, I got to get my gear and I got to go get Taylor. Rice Krispie square? <laughs> yeah. Rice Krispie oh, square. Disappointing for just like... Two reasons, the Rice Krispie and the Marshmallow. Just why? Uh, the Marshmallow is uh, more of a binding agent than it is flavorful, so I think. Then just have the cereal. <laughs> That's not anyway, very convenient Greg, when you're driving, Loren. You know what? I want to just, I, I don't want to, I don't want to fight today, man. I don't want to talk celery or pickles or Rice Krispies. <laughs> you're on your way to the game. It's the I, big show. I'm pretty excited, I have to tell you. I, uh, it's a good thing I'm driving because they'd never allow me on the aircraft on an airplane with the amount of stuff that I've got in my car. Oh, yeah? Like what? <laughs> what? Like gear and equipment or just a gear, ton of swag or uh, paraphernalia? Yeah. <laughs> There's no swag. Uh, the the uh, winter clothing alone is a full bag Yeah, because it'll be outside a fair amount over the next uh, four or five days. So I don't like to be cold. For a guy that lives in Manitoba and is going the Grey Cup in Regina... Probably not the best combination, but I don't like to be cold. So I've got lots of clothes, lots of options, several pairs of boots, big jackets, big hoodies, big mitts, big toques. Yeah, well, who does like to be cold? I was uh, last year, for example, for the Western final, which was in December, I went to watch the game at the pub. And there were a couple of guys there who were going to the game and one of them, they were wearing like Huge snowsuits. They were ready. They were locked and loaded. They were back by the second half. Were they really? Yeah, they bailed on the game because they're like, no, nope, I'm cold. <laughs> so I hear you, man. Even if you're dressed for it. Well, you're standing there. It's yeah. It's not like you're running around moving, although we should create some sort of situation that would have you running around. 
I'll be doing a little bit of running around. A pre-game warm-up type thing. Well, you have to remember last year, I missed the scenario when I got down to field level. We we remember that uh, Hamilton kicked a field goal to tie the game to send it into overtime. And the the miscalculation, the, the rouge or the single point that Hamilton gave up took place while we were making our way from eight stories up above Tim Horton's field in Hamilton down to field level. And I thought I was literally watching the Blue Bombers lose the Grey Cup. Did not realize that Hamilton had given up the single point and was within three. I thought they were kicking a winning field goal. So uh, it's possible to be in the stadium and have zero idea of what the heck is going on. (laughs) Even when that's the only reason you're there is to relay to the rest of the world what's going on. For about five minutes, I had no idea because we were standing somewhere, could not see the scoreboard. I had no idea. How did you get a hotel, by the way? Was that something that was booked like a year ago, just in case? I don't ask questions. I just do what I'm told. (laughs) That's something that's 17. They haven't told him yet where he's staying. I think that's probably what's going on. There is no hotel. Make some room in that car. Pack an extra blanket because that is your house on wheels for the next five days. Well, based on the shortage of hotels in Regina, I may have a bathtub for rent for the next three or four nights. So uh, hit me up on my DMs. We'll negotiate a price. They'll be like, by the way, you're staying in Weyburn. Or oh, Moose Jaw. Hey, that's fine. I'll drive in every day. It's not my vehicle, not my gas. <laughs> Fair. All right. I was not expecting to see you this morning. Uh, I, was, I looked at the schedule, like, I think 8 o'clock. And then I see there's someone standing outside the studio looking Shadowy in. Like, why, who, who is trying to distract me right now while I'm on? Oh, it's Greg. <laughs> well, come on in there, buddy. So what time do you, you're hitting the road then at 7? Supposed to pick up Taylor at 7.30. So, you know, we know Derek Taylor isn't really necessarily always a morning guy. Mm. So I'm hoping he's ready to go at 7.30 because I'm sort of schedule oriented, especially when it comes to travel. And Rice Krispie Squares. And Rice Krispie Squares. So, uh, DT, if you've got extra Rice Krispie Squares in the house, that'll save a stop. All right. So, and if you can send us your favorite road trip snacks, and Rice Krispies are not allowed to be on the list. Oh, come on, Lorraine. Seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Votes. <laughs> vote now. Vote starts now. Rice Krispies, yay or nay? It could be our new question of the day at cjob.com. For Mr. Furnace, don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace at 204-832-6243. You haven't weighed in on this, McGarry. How do you feel about Rice Krispie squares? Take it or leave it. That's exactly it. You're not excited about it. Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to get super excited about it. Um, But now it's like, well, sure. Like if someone hands me a Rice Krispies where I'll look at it and go, yeah, why not? I haven't had one of those in a while. But uh, you're not going out of your way. Yeah. Yeah. Like Like a road trip snack is like you're it's almost what makes you want to go on the road trip. You know, like you want to be in the car for the sandwiches that your mom's made or some, you know, something with a dip, beef jerky, spits. (laughs) Oh, Spitz. Uh, I was talking to Jim Toth about that yesterday. Like, when you're driving long distance, nothing will keep you alert. The best snack for that are Spitz. Yeah. Really? Oh, they crack in your heart. And then you got to yeah, keep working your mouth. Away, and then you got to, yeah. Oh, all the dexterity oh, yeah. involved. Yeah, it, it keeps you keeps you. And you like it spill the cup where you put the seeds and you got to clean that all up. It becomes a whole thing. Yeah, like when, I was just thinking, that wouldn't that be a distraction? Trying to figure out, okay, I got to now I need to remove the shell from my face and then put it into some sort of a depository. Shell from my face. <laughs> I, I, just, I think it's become second nature. Yeah. It just becomes robotic. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. What flavor? Dill pickle? 
Yeah, oh yeah, all over the dill pickle. <laughs> I, I've seen uh, this past baseball season, one of the parents had taco seasoning ones. Oh. So I've got to try and find those. I think they were old Dutch, but I'm not sure. Okay. Why does everyone have to jazz things up? Why can't we just stick with the originals? You know, just your salt, just your basic spit. Why does it have to have cracked pepper? Oh, the cracked or... pepper one is good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. We could never, we are never going on a road trip together. Oh, for that very reason, we are going on a road trip together. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is getting ready to head out to Regina for the Grey Cup. In And his accommodations, I would imagine, were probably something that was booked like a year ago in the event that the Bombers made it back to the Grey Cup. Um, but his accommodations were pre-booked. If you are scrambling to get yourself to the Grey Cup this weekend... Could be a tough go, so we'll have more on that after 7 o'clock when we speak to the Regina Hotel Association. But in the meantime, let's have a chat about our best or worst hotel experiences. Text us a story at 204-780-6868 for a chance to win Winnipeg Jets tickets versus Carolina this upcoming Monday for 90s night. And uh, Loren McNabb, why don't you start us off? Oh, I've stayed in a lot of hotels in a lot of places all over the world, and um, I was recently <laughs> just watching a movie with my husband, and it was it had featured a scene in Pakistan. I think, I think it was uh, Zero Dark Thirty, the movie. Mm. No, is that the right title? Do so. I have that yep. right? And uh, I well, looked at the hotel, and I was like, oh, I stayed in that hotel. And then I said, and actually, like a year later, it was hit with a terrorist attack. And then I said, actually, I've had, I think, two or three experiences in hotels overseas where they were hit with something scary like that a year later. So I do have some, like, not great stories, and I feel like I have more of those than the good ones. But I will say that um, some of my favorite hotels have been, like, I don't want to say this, Greg, thank God he's not here, have been in Saskatchewan. And I don't know if that's because I'm finally off the road in Saskatchewan, like you're halfway through that road trip and you're exhausted and you've been staring at the endless road, flat, nothing to look at for, you know, six, seven, eight, nine hours. And then when you pull off and you get into like that travel lodge or whatever it is, as long as there's clean sheets and I'm not staring at the highway, I don't know. We, there's been times where our kids have asked to stay longer in Regina or Swift Current or Saskatoon because something about just that stop. Felt so good. So I'm glad Greg's not around to hear this. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, because I, I still have never done... I keep hearing about how boring the road trip is through Saskatchewan, and it's not something I've ever done, and uh, that's a good sales pitch to continue the, to stay just the keep course. keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why we even stop. Just keep going and get somewhere else is probably what we used to always do as kids, but for some reason, since we've had our own kids, we stop, and then we find it strangely relaxing to be in this random room and not on the road. I don't know. Jeff Braun, what about you? I found the opposite hotel room in Saskatchewan, Loren. It, uh, I spent a month in Moose Jaw one night. I had to find a place. I was like, it was 20 years ago, so I was in my 20s, and I didn't have a credit card, and that made finding a hotel room incredibly difficult because most places want you to put down a credit card just, you know, as a, in case you do something stupid and damage your room or whatever, right? So I was hunting around for a cash-only hotel in, in Moose Jaw, and I found one, and it was... Uh, it was. I, it was not good. It was. I don't think those sheets were clean. It was gross. But was uh, it like a by the hours? <laughs> it, no, it wasn't quite that bad. But it was. It had like cinder block walls, and it was. Yeah, it was weird. Oh boy. Okay, that sounds tempting. Poetress, what about you? 
Worst one I ever stayed in was in Kamloops. Um, my brother and my buddy came in. There was an Eric Church con- uh, concert in Kamloops. And uh, I was working in, in Merritt at the time. And so anyways, we, 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 we came up and uh, we had this hotel room booked. We were like, okay, we're being very responsible, early 20-year-olds, get the hotel room booked and all that sort of thing. And then we showed up at the place and it was an outright dive. And it was like a, like a major brand. It wasn't like this was just like some sort of random operation or anything like that. It was, it was a major brand and there was cracks massive cracks going from the ceiling all the way to the ground the main door didn't close we complained they sent over this guy he kind of fiddled with it and said it was fixed and it wasn't uh so we kind of had an eye expecting somebody to bash through the door halfway through the night um the service was awful the lights didn't work uh it was cold in there it was everything about it was terrible kamloops had, it was the worst hotel room i've ever been in okay good times in kamloops forte what about yeah. you Oh, when I was in grade nine, we went on the ski trip. And you know what it's like to share a room with like three or four other teenage boys? <laughs> it's the dirtiest thing ever. <laughs> and uh, we had joining rooms too. So there's two of our rooms and we kind of like party throughout the night. Uh, but, you know, we tried get having the, we tried sneaking the girls to the room. But of course, they do the room checks and they put the tape at the outside of your door so they know if you open up your door, you get busted. <laughs> they did? Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course they did. Yeah, they, they put tape uh, between your door and the, the door frame. And if you open up the door, then that tape gets broken. And you can tell who is out, and then you get in trouble. So we couldn't leave the rooms. And I just remember the other room that we had was joining our room. Uh, our buddies flooded their bathroom by accident because they, <laughs> they clogged the toilet. And then, I don't know, was, then one of my buddies, of course, we all had the Axe body spray. And, of course, you know, one of my friends thinks it's a great idea to take a lighter and, and you got a flamethrower now. Let's just say the bottom of our window, the plastic part of our window was crispy. It was oh, crispy. No. Luckily, we didn't get busted for it, but uh, let's just say that the rooms nice did not smell good. Oh, man. Yeah, you're lucky you got away with that one. That makes me think back to uh, the boys' golf trip, and we um, was in Minnesota like 10 years ago. We were down at a place called, I think, Breezy Point, and uh, we were staying in this huge cabin, and it had, like, the second floor was kind of like a loft style where you could look out down into the, the main living room, and... While most of us were out golfing, there were a couple of guys who stayed back, and one of them decided he was Macho Man Randy Savage, and he jumped from the the top, the second floor, down to the the giant (laughs) sectional couch and, like, broke it. So, But we didn't learn this for months because we got back and, like, well, this this couch is kind of janky. What's going on here? And it turns out it's because he gave it the top rope elbow smash. And, uh, yeah, so we got away with that one, too. How many times have people done that to the, the beds where you turn to a wrestling ring and uh, like when you're kids, like me, my oh. brother, me, my brother, you know, my brother loved wrestling. So <laughs> I remember he broke his own bed, like it, not hotel room, but he broke his own bed uh, doing wrestling moves on it. Am I the only one that when you go to stay at a hotel and you're outside that door, like there's that moment of anticipation, like you're just staying in a hundred dollar a night room, but you're, you have great hopes for what could be behind yep. that door. And then you open up the door and it's just a regular hotel room and you're like, all right, well, for, I don't for know years, why. my younger brother, every time he walked into the hotel room, he went, this is nice. And it yeah. didn't matter how bad it was. He just said that. <laughs> 
I don't know why. <laughs> and did he actually think it was nice? You think? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, he, yeah. You're a kid. Yeah. It's different, right? But I like yeah. I still like I open that door and I'm like, who knows what could be behind here? Like, am I imagining yeah. like chandeliers and hot tubs? Or yeah, exactly. At the Maybe Super they screwed like, up I and gave know. you the hot tub room, right? That's, that's like, <laughs> yeah. please let there just be a hot tub in here for some reason. <laughs> And on the subject of Regina, as we mentioned, Greg on his way to the Great Cup. He's hitting the road with Derek Taylor, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, to provide days of coverage from Mosaic Stadium. We asked him where he was staying, jokingly, because there are not that many rooms available in Regina right now. I think there might be zero rooms available. I just checked on bookings.com, hotels.com, Expedia. There's nothing. I did find a house, as I said yesterday, that we could rent for 1400 bucks for the weekend that someone's obviously looking to... Make a few bucks, but what are accommodations like right now in Regina? Sherry McCannell is the Director of Marketing and Communications for the Regina Hotel Association and joins us bright and early this morning. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning. So what is the answer to the question? Can I get a room in Regina right now or or is everything sold out? Yeah, so we have been checking in with our members regularly over the the last couple weeks uh, to see what their availability is looking like. Um, As you mentioned, there are many of them that are reporting to be completely sold out and have been for quite some time. However, we are seeing some rooms become available sporadically here and there um, due to recent cancellations. So uh, your best bet on being able to uh, snag a room would be to call the hotel, call the hotels directly, uh, rather than checking online and rather than checking on those third-party hotel booking sites. Um, call them directly because they will have the most up-to-date availability. When there is a big event like something like the Grey Cup coming, where you know a lot of people are going to be sort of flooding into your city, does that become an exciting thing for your members, or maybe it's a bit more stressful to know that they're going to be jam packed? Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's it's probably a little bit of both, but um, mostly everybody's just really excited uh, to be hosting fans from across the country. Oh. I know the past couple of years haven't been amazing for hotels and restaurants and all the rest with the pandemic. And so uh, what's the sense and the mood in Regina right now? Because I know Great Cup Week can be a big festival. It can be a ton of fun, but there also might be questions about staffing and shortages and all the rest. And so just how are hotels feeling overall about what could be a boom weekend for them? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But uh, the hotels, obviously, major events have a huge impact on our local hospitality industry. Um, the sellouts are an economic development dream and a lead indicator that our other key uh, businesses like our airport, restaurants, pubs, um, taxis will also be busy. So, um, and we did kind of have a practice run with this earlier uh, this year in June. We hosted a major national conference in Regina um, and that combined with some other annual business that we have we were uh, we were nearly sold out for that weekend so you know they did did get a little bit of a practice run uh, under their belts before this big weekend but I do know also that there's a few of our you know our hotels that are bringing in staff from other cities to help out so you know it's going to be a kind of an all hands on deck situation and uh, we're confident that they will be able to pull it off. Sherry McCannell is our guest, the Director of Marketing and Communications for the Regina Hotel Association. So you mentioned you had that sort of practice run earlier this year. But prior to that, when's the last time that you would have had bookings like 
what we're seeing for this weekend because it's been kind of a tough go for, for hotels everywhere for a couple of years now. Yeah, so probably you know our other major events we have probably haven't happened until since before the pandemic, I guess. So 2019 for a lot of events. Um, 2018 we had a big year as well um, with the Briar. So um, yeah, it's it's been a, a few years for sure. And Grey Cup, I guess 2013 would have been the last time we hosted in Regina. So as it stands right now, in theory, Sherry, to recap, hotels are sold out, but. Keep calling and checking in because some people might be changing their plans this weekend because they don't want to come. That's right. Cancellations are incredibly common leading up to game day. We've seen this in the past with the other Grey Cups. Um, and as I mentioned, not all hotel supply is always posted online uh, or on third-party hotel booking sites. So uh, we do encourage you to call them, call the hotels directly. Um, you're unlikely at this point to find something in the downtown area. I know lots of people always say, you know, they want to be downtown. Um, but I would encourage uh, people to check kind of outside of that area. And we do have a full listing um, of our member hotels on our website, which is stayinregina.com. Um, right on that homepage, there is a, a link to a hotels at a glance chart. It has a listing of all the members and their phone numbers. So um, that would be a good starting point. Sherry McCannell, Director of Marketing and Communications for the Regina Hotel Association. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, and good luck to everyone. And that's a great uh, note that she made there, Loren, about, you know, not if you're, you mentioned the websites that you visited and to know that they have any availabilities that pop up might not may even make their way online. Uh, so it could be some, you might need to do some homework to get a room in Regina, but if you can find one, then it'll be worth it. Yeah, remember that sometimes those hotels will sell rooms to those third-party sites months or even a year ago. Those hotels get those rooms get snatched up via the Expedia's or Bookings.com, and then if I cancel, um, does that go back onto that site or just go back direct to that hotel? So just make the phone call, do some homework. Let us know seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Are you booked? Are you trying to book? Are you staying in Greg's bathtub? What's the plan? <laughs> It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is on his way to Regina. We're asking you about your best and worst hotel experiences. Inspired by the fact that we're talking about, can you even get a room in Regina? And this text here from John in the Lime Green. Unfortunately, we're getting all, you know, of course, whenever you talk hotels, you get stories about things like bed bugs. And John. Yeah, John. Yeah. Sorry, Brett. I just jumped in there. Uh, he went to England to visit relatives. They had a stop in Paris, found a decent hotel online, checked in. Seemed fine. The next day, the girlfriend says she thought she was allergic to the soap as she was itchy. Thought nothing of it until 3 a.m. when she woke me up and said, we have bed bugs. We could see them and they loved her. Needless to say, no more sleep. We complained and they blamed it on the dirty Americans bringing food to the rooms. Went home and washed everything, threw her suitcases out. On the flight home, I wrote on a napkin asking if she would spend the rest of her life with me. She said yes. <laughs> I'm reading this on the fly. That was 12 years ago. John! How cute is that? The bug story and really turned it around for me. Yeah, I know. That was a swerve. It's like nothing more, nothing says romance. An engagement like bed bugs, I guess. But there you go. If you can survive that, then perhaps it was indeed fate. I've never had bed bugs in a hotel room. Knock on wood for that. But there was, I remember staying in a, in this little tiny motel 
in Essex, Ontario, because I have family out there. And uh, we just stayed there for one night because we got in really late. And there was a cricket in our oh. room. Somewhere in our room. Oh, you can't find those things. It took, we had to tear the whole room apart. So it was like, look, I'd look behind this, you know, look behind the TV. No, look behind this curtain. No, look underneath this floorboard. Yep, there he is. And then it started hopping around. <laughs> and I never, I had never actually seen a cricket up close. They were always something that I could hear, but I'd never gone looking to see what a cricket looked like. And then it was, it startled me because it was, you know, it's like the size of a toonie and they're black and they were bouncing, it was bouncing around. I was able to capture it under a cup and set it free outside but uh, that was fun well at least it's not itching you but a cricket's hard to catch I, i'm pretty sure we had bed bugs once in a hotel we stayed in in thailand we woke up really really itchy mm. and had little spots on us we didn't see anything though so it could have been just it was a disgusting hotel in that age where you're like hostel staying in hostels and trying to do everything on the cheap mm. you should realize that 12 bucks a night is too cheap and maybe just you know Find some other accommodation. Find something a little bit more when, pricey. It, when it's too good to be true, you're, you're getting some bed bugs. Breakfast with the Bombers. And there are all sorts of storylines to follow heading into this weekend's Great Cup. For starters, you know, we're going to be asking that question a few days now. How's our quarterback? Zach Caleros didn't finish the Western final Sunday after appearing to hurt his ankle at the end of the game. The message at the end of the game was he's fine, but that'll be something to watch. There's that stat I read earlier that I don't really want to repeat, but, you know, the fact that Blue Bombers haven't beaten the Argos in the Grey Cup game before. So we want to break that streak Sunday, Brett. And then there's the showdown between running backs. For the first two years of his career with the Bombers, Brady Oliveira was able to watch and learn from one of the greats. And then Andrew Harris left to sign with the Toronto Argonauts, and Oliveira stepped into a starring role. Sunday, he delivered, rushing for 130 yards on 20 carries, catching four passes for 37 yards. This Sunday, Oliveira will face off against his mentor. We say good morning to Brady Oliveira. Hi, Brady. Hey, good morning. So before we look ahead, was there any celebration Sunday night or did you just start right away planning and prepping for this Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that there's overly too much celebration. I uh, I think, I mean, we enjoyed the victory. I, I think it's, you know, anytime you can win a game, it's great. It's, it's hard to win football games at the professional level. So you still got to, you know, enjoy those moments. But I mean, now it's laser focus on to uh, on to Toronto and on to this Great Cup week, and uh, that's the next task at hand. I know you're going to be asked about, you know, your relationship with Harris several times over the next couple of days, Brady, but, you know, he had what appeared to be a season-ending injury earlier this year and then played in the Eastern Final and helped the Argos secure their spot. So let's talk about what it will be like to play against him at the highest possible moment. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is going to be you know, the biggest game in my career that I've, you know, personally getting to play in and actually, you know, having a starting role. I, it's going to be surreal and I, you know, I can't wait. I am ready for this moment. You know, our team is ready for this moment. Uh, and, you know, the fact that Andrew's going to be on the other side, it's going to be, it's just crazy how, you know, things unfold. Uh, it's just, it's, it's awesome. I think this is the storyline that the league wanted and uh, the fact that it's happening, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. And, you know, like I said, you know, after the game, it's, it's going to be neat to see Andrew. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to see him throughout the week. Him and I still uh, talk pretty often, and uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. 
Greg yesterday referred to Harris as the professor, and you, the PhD student. Would you say that's an apt description? <laughs> I mean, you know, he's he's one of the greatest, man. You gotta, you know, you gotta give credit to him. And uh, yeah, I'm just getting started. I'm still still early in my career, and uh, you know, I, I want to be, you know, I want to be like that one day. And I, I'll tell you right now, I'm I'm gonna end up being like that one day. And I'm, I'm just getting started in my young career, but. Uh, you know, Andrew, you know, as just, you know, I was, I was, I was it to some guys earlier. I mean, it's just the fact that I was able to um, sit behind him for a couple of years and, and, uh, and just watch him, you know, how, how he plays the game and how he attacks every single day. I think it was really good for my young career. And, uh, and yeah, I'm just getting started. Well, you rushed for more than a thousand yards this season. You've you've schooled the Lions on Sunday. It was a great game, and I'm I'm curious for you. You know, when you look to a, a great Cup final now in the starting role, do you change how you approach it compared to last year? Is there anything different mentally, preparing wise, ready? No, I mean I think I just know what to expect um, as going into a great Cup week. I mean, there's a ton of distractions. I think now being in a starting role, I mean, I'm gonna be getting pulled all different types of ways with, you know, media, my family being there. Um, so I just got to, I just got to stay locked, locked in and focused. And uh, so I think that's good. I know what kind of what to expect, but um, when it comes to preparation, I think, you know, I've, I've always been the guy that's going to prepare like I'm the starter every single week. Um, I practice extremely hard. Um, I practice every practice, like it's a game. So I'm going to just keep on doing what I'm doing keep on preparing like I have my entire football career, and uh, I think the rest will take care of itself. Our guest is Blue Bomber running back Brady Oliveira. And Brady, over the summer, uh, when you guys are playing in some really hot games, we spoke to some of your teammates and asked, you know, how do you do you have to prepare for that? Days And guys would say, yeah, you got to drink a lot of water all week long to be ready for the sweat that is going to come pouring out of your body. So when it's the reverse and you're going into a colder game, and its forecast isn't all that bad for Sunday, minus three for a high and then dropping to minus 11 at night. But it's still colder. So do you, are there any similar sort of preparations you got to do going into a game when it's cold? Like, I don't know, instead of loading up on water, load up on hot chocolate or something? I don't know. Yeah, and, and that's a thing that we like to preach. And O'Shea, you know, preaches to us when the colder temperatures start to drop is the fact on, you know, keep on hydrating. It's, no one wants to drink water when it's cold. I mean, it's tough to drink water when it's cold. When those warm games are happening, it's easy to drink water, and you're and you're sweating lots. Of of course, you're gonna consume lots of water. But I'll tell you this, it is very hard to consume water when it's cold. So you almost have to set you know um, reminders on your phone to you know chug a glass of water every every hour just to make sure you're staying hydrated. Because you know in those cold games, yeah, you're not sweating, but you still are, you know, losing water and you can still cramp in those cold games. So that's the last thing that you want. So you got to continue to, you know, handle, handle your business, uh, preparing like a pro. And that's, you know, the one thing is, you know, staying hydrated and staying ready um, for when game day comes. So um, that's one thing. Uh, and yeah, you got to keep drinking that water.
Yeah, I never thought about that, trying to do that in the cold. I mean, I even said it's hard to drink the cold beer at a game, and I'm just watching it. So I can't imagine doing what yeah, you have no to do, doubt. Brady. We, yeah. we, just just for fun, you know, we've been talking about road trips this morning because our co-host Greg Mackling is hitting the road with Derek Taylor to, to be in Regina for later today. And so that is talking snacks. And you've been on the road a ton playing over your career. Do you have a go-to snack for a long drive or flight? Oh, so yeah, usually on our plane, we get, you know, snacks on the plane and there's usually a variety of snacks and sometimes it's different. Sometimes you're expecting the same snack that you got, you know, two or three games ago and you're expecting, okay, it's going to, we're going to have the same snacks and that's not usually the case, but I'll tell you my favorite snack and the one I'm most excited to see when we get in those planes, um, probably won't even guess but it's actually sun chips um i usually never i never eat them at at home um i never go to the store and buy them (laughs) but when we get them on the plane i do and they're just like the mini bags i usually grab like two or three of those and uh i'm 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 happy (laughs) what flavor i like the the harvest cheddar there you go yeah it's uh it's bomb it's the only acceptable sunship as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but it right. is, you know what? It's a tasty, it's a tasty snack and I like the texture. I, I should eat more of those sunships. But do you do you gravitate towards the sunships because it's a perhaps a healthier alternative to say your typical bag of ruffles? Yeah, I mean, I would like to say so, but at the same time they taste too they taste too good to be healthy. So I don't know. <laughs> You're right. If if a chip tastes healthy, like it doesn't right. taste good, then it's healthy, and I don't want it. I hear you. Okay, That's one right. last very serious question, Brady. Rice Krispie squares, yes or no? Yes. No. Oh. All right. Yeah. We can't be friends, but that's fine. <laughs> I, I'll still cheer for you anyway. Sounds good. <laughs> Brady Oliveira joining us live on 680 CJOB. Go get him on Sunday. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. The sun ships. I was not expecting that, Loren. That's a I, that's a good I, one. I think it's because there are moments, and he, you know, like when you're on a plane, like you, I would never eat the cookies they offer on a plane elsewhere in life. Yeah. But as they're coming down the aisle with whatever that is, that shortbread, or it has a bit of the jam in between, you're like, oh, there's gonna be a cookie. All right, let's get <laughs> at her. And I never once thought about that cookie in all the days off the plane. Yeah. But in that moment, you know what's coming. I think that's part of it. I think we actually have sun chips in our vending machine. I'm going to go double check that situation right now because I haven't had sun chips in years and now I'm suddenly craving sun chips, particularly Harvest Cheddar. So good job, Brady Oliveira. Joining us <laughs> I'm live. excited for him. He's going to have a great career. He's done great things for the Bombers already and I can't wait to watch Sunday's game. He's also done so much great stuff for the community as well. Absolutely. And- Greg Mackling, when you're heading out, be careful. Where are you? I'm in parts unknown. I'm actually pulling into Derek Taylor's driveway any <laughs> moment now. Uh, trying to find his house because the, uh, the numbers are so small. But I can, uh, I, I'm, I'm doing my best to find his house. So we're in the equivalent of a ground stop here at the airport because uh, I wanted to be on the, I wanted to be on the highway by now. But we're not on the highway now because so you're Gigi's like joining not us even from the Winnipeg. vehicle yet. Are we joining us? Pardon is me? this road trip joining us from Winnipeg right now? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, not very exciting, although that's what we can expect for the next five hours. Anyway, on the highway, it's uh, lots of snow, very few trees, and uh, lots of semi-tractor uh, trailers, I suppose. 
You know, Greg, I was thinking this morning, we just chatted with Brady Oliveira at 7.37 for our breakfast with the Bombers and, and watching him step into that starring role and this team stepping into starring roles, period, right? Three years ago in 2019 when, when we win, it's a first in a long time. And now here we are going back for a third time. And I'm hoping nobody is taking that for granted out there because we know how long the gaps can be, right? When we, when we speak about the years it took to get to this possible dynasty feeling. Well, it's all about capitalizing on the opportunity. And I uh, listened to your conversation with Brady. Uh, cheers to the Sun Chips, the Harvest Cheddar, and cheers also to Rice Krispie Squares. Uh, I know you were looking for an ally there. Didn't exactly work out that way. But before last weekend, Nick Dembski, one of the other Winnipeggers on the Blue Bombers, spoke to Michael Irvin, the wide-receiving legend from the Dallas Cowboys. And they had a discussion about how the Cowboys were unable to capitalize on an opportunity to win three Super Bowl championships in a row. They lost in the NFC Championship game to San Francisco back in the day. And Michael Irvin said to Nick Dembski, don't get used to this. Don't get comfortable. Seize the opportunity because it doesn't always come. And so if you're used to winning all the time, I think there's that opportunity the potential for you to say, oh, this is the way it is all the time. Doug Brown will tell you, Milt Stiegel will tell you that just because you go in your first year to Grey Cup doesn't mean you're going to go every year. And both those guys played an awful long time without winning a championship. And I think it is truly and genuinely about embracing the moment, understanding it, not being overwhelmed by it, but just taking advantage of the opportunity in front of you. And, and, uh, uh, I, I don't think there's anybody in blue and gold who's taking this for granted. Well, and you you talk about staying focused. And, was that you honking for Derek? Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> honking the horn now. I'm at the honking the horn stage now. <laughs> well, you, you talk about staying focused, and that's one of the things that Brady mentioned is that he's going to have things coming at him from all directions. You've covered more than one gray cup in person. So can you just talk about the the various things that are happening through the week that could potentially distract the players? A hundred percent there. Of course, there are the CFL awards on Thursday night and the players get amped up for that because, you know, there's three blue bombers, if I'm not mistaken, up for, for awards and so they're going to want to see their teammates win but that's a distraction that takes them away potentially from one evening of 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 maybe going through some film or taking advantage of that time together but i think that's more of a positive than a negative the media coverage there's people from all over canada from markets that don't necessarily normally cover football you have people that are there for the human interest story for the fact that there are, are tens of thousands of people converging on the smallest city in Canadian uh, football and in, in pro football to come and experience what they're going to experience. And so, you know, Brady being Brady, now the starting running back, it's going to be different for him. There's going to be uh, larger drains on his time. Lots of people are going to be wanting to talk to him. The comparison between him and Andrew Harris so he's going to be answering the same questions over and over again. So the media is at the practice. It's before practice, after practice. It's uh, it, it, it's it's sort of relentless. And the team that can lock out 
the distractions the best typically is the one that, that does best on Sunday. And so with that, you know, you now this is also your third trip to the Grey Cup in, in four years. You know, when you see the team today versus the team of three years ago, what stands out for you in how they've grown, both in terms of just on the field, Greg, but in that ability to be mentally strong in a big moment like this? Well, it's got to the point where, and Derek's just getting in the car here, Mike O'Shea has got the media trained to this whole idea. We're going one hell this week. <laughs> the fans know the mantra. Like, everybody's bought into this idea that, you know, we're just looking to go one and oh this week. And so that is from the culture, from the top up, top down, bottom up, and, you know, <laughs> F-I-F-O. I, I can't spell it out for you, but Google it because there's an expletive in there. That is the Blue Bomber mantra. And if you go back and you go and you look at Adam Big Hill's uh, incredible vi video that they prepared for uh, the West Final, the kind of the psych up video. It's fit in or, or, or get lost, basically. And everybody understands that. And that mantra has been there this entire time. But I don't think there's anybody that doesn't buy into it. Because if you don't, you're not going to be around for very long. So that, I think, is, is the biggest thing, is that the culture and the terminology for the last three years, the, the, the confidence, the continuity, and the culture, those three C's, uh, are, just emanate and radiate from this team uh, every time you talk to them. Jamarcus Hardrick coming off the field. We're not done, boys. We're not done. And that is genuinely uh, the feeling here. It's just one step. Sunday was one step. Greg Mackling. And we're one step. We're one step closer to getting on the road, eh, Taylor? Oh, baby. Here we go. DT's <laughs> in the house. Stinkberg, here we come. <laughs> 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 Greg Mackling and Derek Taylor on their way to Regina for the Grey Cup. Derek and Greg will check in with you tomorrow. Okay. Whatever you want. Or call later and let me know Derek's thoughts on Rice Krispies. We can bring him back. Rice Krispies Rice squares, squares. Yay or nay? Oh, 100% yay. 100% oh, yay. You're, you're so outvoted on this. I am not, <laughs> Brett. I'm take it or leave it. I'm take it or leave no, it on the Rice Krispies no. squares. Just come on over to my side. <laughs> I can't help him. Just being honest. Later today, the provincial conservatives will outline their agenda for the coming year in their speech from the throne, reducing crime, affordability, economic growth, and health care, all top of mind for both our politicians and for Manitobans. So we know crime is up, the cost of living is up, and of course, visits to our hospitals are up with particular concern right now for the unprecedented number of patients coming to the ER at Children's Hospital in Winnipeg. So far in November, some 174 kids per day are coming to the ER, which Shared Health says is ahead of the record pace that was set back in December of 2019. And back then, the average number of kid visits per day was 170. We had 12 infants in isolation due to respiratory illness yesterday morning, and the unit apparently has never had that many babies in that kind of need before. And so we want to get more on what they're seeing and what parents and grandparents and guardians should be considering when it comes to our kids. And we're joined now by Dr. Karen Grip, Medical Director at the HSC's Children's Hospital ER. Good morning, Dr. Grip. Good morning. So I know staff are putting in long hours, you're putting in long hours. Could you paint a picture of what the ER looks and sounds like right now in the Children's Hospital? Mm -hmm. 
very busy, uh, very packed, lots of numbers, um, trying to move through them as quickly as possible. Uh, but uh, we're seeing really unprecedented numbers. Um, you mentioned the averages uh, so far in November. Um, the, for the last two days, we've seen approximately 200 patients a day, which is uh, just a lot. Yeah. So how do you manage an increase in patients like this? Uh, well, a couple of things. You you talk about you know input, throughput, and output, right? Um, we can't control the input, right? Those are the, that's the two hundred patients, um, but we can you know, educate them, and we are starting some campaigns in terms of you know where to be seen for help. Is it emergency? Is it a walk-in clinic? Is it a connected care clinic? Um, we focus on throughput, so it's flow, it's efficient processes, it's creating more treatment spaces, um, and then and then the output. Right? Right? more efficient discharges, getting patients admitted more quickly, creating more space in the hospital for those patients who need to be admitted. So you just referenced, Dr. Grip, the fact that, you know, I used that 175 average number of patients per day. That's just information we got, you know, 48 hours ago. Now we're at 200 patients mm-hmm. a day. That trajectory is really going up. I mean, what's the concern about where this could take the department and and how and the ability to manage it? Mm, for sure, yeah, we're we're very concerned. <laughs> Uh, usually our busiest months are December, January, and February, um, and that usually corresponds with a peak of the traditional winter viruses, RSV and influenza uh, A and B being the most common. Um, this year we're seeing both of those viruses a lot earlier than expected. So if, we, if this is the beginning of the winter and we continue on our normal trajectory, we could be seeing huge numbers December and January. Now, different immunologists and epidemiologists have weighed in on this idea of immunity debt, that we're getting sick because of a lack of exposure to viruses while observing COVID-19 public health measures over the last two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Why do you think we are seeing this surge? Mm-hmm. I think there is an immunity gap for sure, and probably a lot of factors that play into this. Um, one thing that we know is young children build up their immune systems by being exposed to viruses. Uh, and, you know, when kids say, or people say kids are always sick, you know, it's because they are always sick. And, and that was true pre-pandemic. Um, what happened over the last few years is they, they really weren't exposed to those viruses. So their immune system is relatively naive. Um, now they're catching everything at the same time. And, and literally, sometimes in our tests, we are getting kids who test positive for three or four viruses at the same time. Um, it's almost that kids don't get a break. They, they may go from one virus to the next without even a break in between. Um, so while it's a part of the normal process, it's all happening at the same time. Uh, and it's making kids and parents pretty miserable. So with that then, Dr. Grip, we're talking about this idea of of um, what the restrictions did to help against the fight against COVID-19. And then now, you know, if we look to Ontario, they're talking about recommending masks again because kids are getting too quickly, too often. And as you point out over and over again, should we be talking about masks Mm -hmm. again in Manitoba? Oh, it's a good question. Um, the ultimate decision is up to public health. Uh, my perspective as a medical provider, as an emergency pediatrician, is that masks do help 
uh, limit the spread of viruses. We know that. We, we proved that during the pandemic. Um, would masks uh, limit the spread of RSV and influenza? Uh, most likely. Um, the, uh, the, but, but there are other things that we can do as well, right? Um, we want to encourage good hand hygiene. We want to encourage, you know, coughing and sneezing into your elbow. And, that, and even small children can learn how to do that. Uh, we want to encourage staying home when you're sick. Um, it's better to miss school or miss work than, than potentially expose uh, a larger community. Now, we, as far as what our, you know, some of our listeners are, are telling us what they're seeing in their kids' breathing problems, particular concerns. So when someone with kids, uh, you know, if their kids are, are getting sick, when should they consider to say, okay, they need to see a doctor now versus maybe this is just something that we can manage on our own? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. You know, if, if your child has a fever um, and is a, has a cough, stuffy nose, runny nose, I could almost guarantee you that it's a, that it's a virus. Um, if they have a fever, vomiting, and diarrhea, I could almost guarantee you that it's a virus. I mean, there are a few exceptions. Um, and, and, but really, if, if that's what's going on, the best thing you can do for your child is keep them home, keep them comfortable, uh, make sure they're drinking at least a little bit of fluid so they don't get dangerously dehydrated, uh, and, and kind of wait it out. Um, you know, if there's uh, ear pain, uh, if the fever is persistent for, you know, five, you know six, seven days, um, those are all a little bit more concerning to us, and that was worth seeing a walk-in clinic, a connected care clinic, uh, your family physician or a pediatrician, ideally, to maintain that continuity of care. Emergency, uh, the, really, that is for trouble breathing um, as, as one of the highlights, right? One of the things that we're seeing with the, these viruses is an increase in wheezing and asthma exacerbations. Um, we're seeing young infants with RSV who are working hard to breathe, who are breathing very quickly, who need oxygen um, or need help breathing. Um, those are reasons to come to emergency. Severe dehydration, uh, vomiting and diarrhea, lots of diarrhea, not able to keep anything down, come to emergency. We will take care of you. Um, and then, of course, all the usual suspects. We're still seeing the, the non-virus uh, viruses as well. We're seeing the trauma and other things. Um, but those, those would be uh, some guidelines. Dr. Grip, you know, it's so hard when it's your own kid. I've been in that moment as a parent where you think, like, sh- sh- am I being silly by not mm-hmm. bringing them to the ER right away, right? You have mm-hmm. that fear that you're missing something or you're downplaying it. Mm-hmm. And so I know that there are times... Without question, people end up in the ER and they maybe didn't need to be there. They could have handled it in a walk-in or Uh urgent care clinic. But you are also seeing Uh a number of kids at that extreme Uh level that you haven't seen before, correct? I mean, when you Uh talk about the babies in the ICU, Uh they need to be in hospital. Absolutely. And I have such empathy for parents. I'm a parent myself and I've had a sick child and, and, and watched and just like, do I bring her in? Do I not bring her in? And then was glad that I did because as a parent, your, your ultimate goal is the, the well-being of your child. Um, and so we understand. We really do understand. Um, you, you comment on kind of the patients who do need to be there, who do need to get admitted. And that's what we're seeing as well as a shift to not only numbers wise, but the higher numbers of those high to mid acuity patients, uh, those patients that really do need to be seen in the emergency department. So these aren't just kids, and I'm throwing this out there because every time we have these conversations for the past two and a half years, and perhaps you've experienced this in your own world, Dr. Grip, someone says, that's enough, kids get sick, or this is fear-mongering, but what's happening right now 
is it fair to say it's unique for what you've experienced in, in your recent memory? Um, it is. And, and I think it is, this kind of goes back after, you know, for the last 25 years of doing pediatrics, um, it, this reminds me of October, November every year, <laughs> because people almost, parents almost forget what it's like to take care of a sick kid. Um, and that's understandable. By February, March, they're pretty good at taking care of a sick kid because the kids have been sick all winter. And then over the summer, we kind of forget kids that get healthier, they're outside, they're not catching all these viruses. And then October comes around and we have to remind ourselves how to take care of our sick kids. Um, and, and that's completely fair. What we've found over the last few years is that period of, of not being sick has lasted a long time, right? So it, it, this is unfamiliar territory for many parents. There are children who until a few months ago have never in their lives been sick. That's really scary, right? Um, the other thing that we've done, you know, with, with COVID, we went through a period of time, as you all remember, that we needed to do something, right, for everything. We, we, we said, if you have a headache, you get tested. If you have a sore throat, get tested. Um, now we're kind of saying, if you have a headache, sore throat, fever, et cetera, you don't need to do anything except support your child. So it's a bit of a shift. Um, parents need to be comfortable with that, and we're trying to do our our best to enable them and empower them because they know their kids best and we're here to support them. Dr. Karen Grip, Medical Director at the HSC's Children's Hospital ER. Thank you very much for the time. We appreciate it. Mm, you're welcome. Thank you. Right now it is minus... I want to say eight at 680 CJOB. Six? Minus eight. <laughs> you just told me this. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, I, the retention of the temperature is just my worst skill. I can't tell you how many times I've worked a news desk shift where I read the forecast at least a dozen times. And then I go out with my friends or whatever and like, what's the forecast for tomorrow? I don't know. <laughs> I can't I, it's, tell you. Of all the things I talk about in the morning and read and see i cannot and if people knew how forche was yelling in my ear to be like loren you've got the temperature and i'm like yes i know what the temperature is and then i don't <laughs> it was it was me going it's minus eight minus eight and then you joined in with me and you're like minus eight <laughs> yeah, I even said it. And then you minus forgot eight. It. yeah i got it i said i got it and then i looked at that script and i did not have it <laughs> and that happens like at least twice a morning with Jeff and me. <laughs> and that, even when I see the temperature in front of me, for some reason, that number is not, it's not getting into the brain. It wouldn't be right if, if that was in it's, – it's tradition. It's part of the tradition now. So. Yeah. Something's wrong with me, though. <laughs> We've been asking you to tell us about your best or worst hotel stories, and overwhelmingly they've been worst hotel stories. Uh, so, Loren, why don't you take us across the globe here for this uh, first runner-up here? So I actually have to ask, is it Ceylon? I think so. I believe it's that's uh, Sri Lanka now. Yes, I was wondering. So in 1968, in what was Ceylon, I was with a family traveling around the world. I was in a hotel room with two of the children, and the parents were across the hall with the youngest child. I woke up, and in the corner of the ceiling, there was the biggest black spider. So I woke the boys, took them to their parents' room, and went down to the front desk. I told the owner about the spider. He called the houseboy to get a broom to get rid of the spider. I saw the houseboy later on, and his eyes were still wide with fear. All he said was, that was a very bad spider. I was happy we were flying on to our next stop that afternoon. 
I imagine how big the spider was, but still waiting for a response. But when the the houseboy who's probably seen it all in that place is scared of the spider, I'm yeah. I, and someone let me know if it's pronounced Ceylon. That was my question. And I'm sorry for point. ambushing no, you no, with that one. No, no. I didn't know how to say it either. <laughs> uh, so this to Loren, 1968. How old do you think I am? <laughs> I don't know. Don't I know you're, you're only a couple of months older than me. TJ <laughs> says, about six years ago, my wife and I booked a room at a couple's theme suite hotel, which we heard amazing things about when we called letting them know we were on our way. They forgot to inform us they had no running water. So when we got there, we went to a room and the guy told us as we were walking into the room, oh yeah, by the way, we don't have any running water. There was a water main break, a block over. So we just turned around and canceled the reservation and left. Because Lorena, have you ever been to a theme suite hotel, a couple's hotel? No. Running water is kind of a crucial part of the, uh, you know, the of what you're there for. You know, there's a hot tub. Mm-hmm. You might have like a two-person shower. You know, the whole point is you're getting, you know, close and intimate together and water is involved. And without I- it, it's kind of a loss. I would argue that it's a key feature of any hotel, sweet or not. I actually, in New Orleans, after Hurricane Katrina, the only time in your life you'd ever say, I'm fine with no running water, is that we needed a place to stay. There were no places to stay. And this hotel said, well, fine, you can come in, but, but we have no running water. We're just operating electricity in the main area. And we said, fine. And we just came in and slept in dirty hotel rooms and didn't care because at least it was a place, like a roof over our heads. No That's kidding. the only time you're not complaining. But Loren, Catherine is our winner. Catherine with quite the unique, scary story here. Okay, so Catherine says to us, I was traveling to Chicago and picked a random hotel outside Minneapolis for the night. Got in around midnight, straight to bed. Up at 7 a.m., went down to meet our friends for breakfast and was met with a quiet lobby and no desk clerk. Thought maybe we missed it but could smell the bacon, so we went to the breakfast room. Turned the corner and were met by two SWAT guys in full (laughs) gear with guns drawn. They peppered us with questions. What are we doing here? Because they were supposed to call and clear out all the guest rooms. How did we get down there from our room? The elevator was supposed to have been locked. We got sent back up to our room to grab our stuff and then escorted out the side of the building to our car. Outside the building, you saw the mobile command center RV as well as two armored vehicles with guns and shields. Found out later there was a parental abduction hostage situation and they were tracked to the third floor of our hotel. <laughs> can you imagine? No. You're just going on downstairs to try to find the bacon. Where's the bacon? I can smell it. And whoa. Just <laughs> gun in your face. You. Gun in your face. Yeah. That's scary. <laughs> Karen, that's amazing. Catherine, pardon me. That's amazing. Congratulations. You're going to see the Jets on Monday night against Carolina for 90s night at Canada Life Center. Just uh, looking back down here at, hang on one second. Okay, so Smith and Ellis, not sure what's happening. I see a transit bus. I see what looks like maybe a large, large tow truck. And then it mm-hmm. looks like what another kind of big, like uh, like a delivery van or something off to the side. So what's happening here is Smith northbound is completely blocked at Ellis. So if you're coming off of Smith and you're being detoured onto Ellis, westbound Ellis is blocked at uh, Smith. It's actually they've, they've, the cadets are blocking it at Gary, so you can't even go that way. So just wanted to give you a heads up on that. From up here, we can tell that something's going on. We're just not sure if it's just a stalled bus or if there was an actual crash or what have you. But uh, Smith and Ellis is a problem right now, so you might want to avoid that. Mackling is on his way to Regina with Derek Taylor. Rice Krispie squares in hand, much to the chagrin of Loren McNabb. 
I'm getting Jim Toth texting me right now about why. why what's my issues with Rice Krispie Squares? Oh, jeez. No one's listening. I'm not saying there's an issue. I just said I don't think anyone's ga- going on a road trip and saying, ugh, I could go for a good Rice Krispie Square in this car right now. I know that's that all. Toth is good. He, that's now going to be oh, his next flapper, flapper pie. pie. I, he's already referenced flapper pie oh. in this text. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm never going to hear the end of this. It's going to go on forever. <laughs> they're good. And they're great when they're homemade. My mother-in-law makes great Rice Krispie Squares for the kids. They're good. I just, I'm not, I'm not waking up. Like, when you get in the car, Brett, you're thinking, what is going to sustain me for the next six hours? What's going to get me excited? What's going to keep me going? What's going to, you know, give me passion to get to Mosaic? Yeah. Rice Krispie Squares. I, uh, well, anyway, I, I was about to go on another side tangent here, but we have our, our guest waiting, so I, I, I apologize. He'll accept side tangent. He's fine. <laughs> He's fine with it. Many Winnipeggers, many Manitobans, many former Manitobans are just bursting with pride this week as the Blue Bombers get ready to play in their third straight Grey Cup game. We were sharing at 6.15 how that sent Bomber fans to the store in droves, you know, looking to get kitted up for game day or at least display their pride as they walk about town. But it's not the only way to display your pride. I think it's safe to say, Brett, for years now, we've seen this growing group of designers and business owners creating hats, toques, shirts, sweatshirts with the Winnipeg logos or We Are The Peg or The Peg or 1870. There's been all sorts of different things. And that's where our next guest comes in. Yesterday, he tweeted, got Winnipeg family living out of town. Send them some sweet new merch this holiday season. Literally, wear your pride. And we're joined now by Tyler Walsh of Economic Development Winnipeg. Good morning, Tyler. Good morning. I'm waving to you across Portage and Maine right now. Oh, excellent. Wait, which, wait <laughs> you're, you're on the opposite side, though. You're like yes, we're in the we're in the Richardson building here. Right. Okay. Well, we'll try to find you later, Tyler, if we can. But you've got some new merchandise out. That's for the the whole idea is about showing that Winnipeg pride. And I'm trying to figure out a way to how to describe this logo because when I first glanced at it, I thought it kind of looked like a snowflake, and then I realized it's got the W in it. And so, if you could sort sort of paint the picture of the logo and the merch you have, uh, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. So your uh, listeners might recall that back in June, on June 8th of this year, we launched the new Winnipeg brand, so Made From What's Real. Um, and it came with that, uh, that, that icon, that logo that we have that um, has been interpreted in many different ways, right? And I think that that was the goal of what we wanted to do with it in the first place. So um, with the snow on the ground that you see right now, you might be seeing a snowflake, but we know that a lot of people do see that W and that M. Um, but what it's all about and that slogan and, and what it's all about is is sort of showcasing our city as this authentic city. We're, we're a very real community. We tell it like it is. That's what this is all about. And now um, we've moved on to the next stage of uh, our merch. So we, wanted, we want um, people to wear that Winnipeg pride, just like you said, uh, and show it with the world and, and be an ambassador for our city. What's the reaction been so far? Yeah, it's been good. We actually just, we literally just launched the new set of, uh, of clothing and items uh, yesterday. So um, we're going to be pushing this hard over the holiday season because we want uh, Winnipeggers to buy it for their family and friends who might live out of town or buy it for your family or wear it yourself and, and wear it wherever you go when you uh, leave Winnipeg and say nice things. But um, uh, we worked with, uh, just like you said, there's so many options in terms of uh, some of these great local companies. So we know that they're already doing great things and uh, who aligns with that brand that we're trying to get across. 
one of the companies that we uh, that we worked with for this was We Heart Winnipeg. So it says it literally in their title, We Heart Winnipeg. Well, so do we. So let's work together. And so we uh, we collaborated on some new stuff, uh, crew necks and T-shirts and kids clothes. Um, our, we have a French version of, of that uh, made from what's real uh, slogan. Um, and so we've actually got some uh, some versions with French on it. Um, and then one of the other, uh, you know, you, you, uh, Mondetta is a uh, is a staple Winnipeg clothing company. So we knew as part of this next stage, we wanted to work with them. So they were very happy to oblige. Uh, so we've actually got a whole bunch of active wear through their MPG line. And it goes on from there. You know, you said something in your comments just now, Tyler, about the idea of what you would bring to a family member or what you would say about Winnipeg. You know, when you leave Winnipeg, what are you telling folks? And I think we're really often hard on ourselves as a city. You know, we have really serious conversations daily about, you know, everything from crime to hospitals to what are we going to do with downtown. But I love the downtown. I like being downtown. I love the forks. I, I love going for walks in the forest. We got all these sort of great attractions in our city. And maybe when you talk about wearing that pride, it, there's also a, a, a push we need to maybe have on acting out that pride as well and, and being mindful of all the good things that we have going on in our city right now. Oh my goodness, like absolutely. And I mean, when you think of some of the new attractions that have come up, uh, come online, Canadian Museum for Human Rights, the lease is just about to open. So, I mean, that's something that as a, as a tourism organization, we're going to be promoting a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, every city has, uh, has issues. I should mention another piece that we've uh, done is uh, Hillary Druxman actually has a, uh, a good works program. So uh, we've collaborated with her and she does this with a lot of other organizations to uh, create an actual necklace that has that little uh, logo icon on it. Um, and the proceeds from the sales of that is going to the, to the United Way, which helps support some of those things that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Where do I find that? That's at, uh, so if you go to Hillary Druxman's website, um, yeah. it's on there. Okay. I'm now in a Google rabbit hole, <laughs> I always am. Well, and when you talk about wearing your pride or even recognizing it, you, like there are certain destinations where you know there are going to be other Winnipeggers, like I think of any time I've been to Las Vegas. Uh, doesn't take long if I'm if I bring my Winnipeg Thunder t-shirt within five minutes there'll be somebody who will who you can see the, the the eyes light up and they maybe hear them talking or maybe they'll they'll give me a high five or whatever but there is that genuine sort of pride and and that camaraderie that no matter where you are there's always a piece of home uh somewhere nearby yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. We know that there's Winnipeggers all over the world. And it's interesting because I think that a lot of people that live outside of Winnipeg are the ones who, um, you know, when people say things uh, about their city, they, you know, they, they, they say things back, right? And they say things in a positive way. Um, so there's a, uh, what we've heard uh, from a lot of people who don't live in the city anymore. Uh, they defend the city. Um, so, you know, the, uh, you know, this merch stuff is just another piece of that um, building Winnipeg pride, right? Getting that message out there. It's been, it'll be high on my list because I have family members outside the province, Tyler, and they love the Winnipeg stuff. Anything Winnipeg, they'll take it. And so if we want to make that purchase and the pitch was, hey, holidays are coming. Where do we go? What's the website? Yeah, so we've got a website. It's a uh, it's a store, an online store called WinnipegShop.ca. So WinnipegShop.ca. Um, 
uh, obviously the the uh, Hillary Druxman stuff is uh, is available on her website and in her store. Uh, in in a little while, all that Winnipeg uh, We Heart Winnipeg stuff is going to be available at their store at 660 Osborne in the next uh, week or so. Um, so it'll be available to you. Um, and you know we've got, of course, a great little discount code for all the listeners out there. Winnipeg 15, easy, 15% discount. There you go. Oh, this hat looks like it's right in your wheelhouse. This cap, Brett. <laughs> What's the website again? I'm gonna head there, head back there now. Winnipeg 15 is the it, yeah. code. Winnipeg, WinnipegShop.ca. Now, how do you, this is a pretty competitive space right now with local uh, merchandise with all of the various brands, like Loren pointed out that this is, sounds like something in my wheelhouse because I mean I'm currently wearing a, a house or a hat from a local brand. I've got a Blue Bombers sweatshirt on right now. Uh, so, so how do you sort of either stand out or just try to to enter into that market? Yeah, and I think it's what it is. It's it's working with these uh, local companies, right? So we've got we've got a long list of local companies that we want to work with to sort of. Uh, roll out that official Winnipeg brand so everyone gets on board. Um, So we're just sort of starting on this adventure, right? Because we just launched this thing in June. Uh, This is sort of that stage two. But, you know, in the years to come, we're going to try and work with them all. But I don't I don't see any of these companies as as competitors. Right. So if if there are uh, local companies putting out great Winnipeg style merchandise, please get it out there. Everyone, please go buy that stuff, because that's just you know, like we talked about, building that pride and building that ambassadorship among Winnipeggers uh, through a variety of channels. You're an ambassador, Brett. Like that's your, you got an official, that's a pretty high end title. You need to get the salary to go with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll take ambassador. I'll take count. Can I, I be a count, a brand count? Tyler Walsh, Economic Development of Winnipeg. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, once again, the code Winnipeg15 at winnipegshop.ca. Thanks for the time. We appreciate this. Yes, of course, and we'll, uh, we've got some toques with your name on them, so I know it's going to get a little colder out there, so we'll send those over to you. Tyler Walsh, Economic Development, Winnipeg. Once again, that website, winnipegshop.ca, and the promo code Winnipeg15. Winnipeg made from, from what's real. You're right, Loren, this hat uh, yes. does potentially have my name all over. It's because I was just thinking, it's been a while since I bought myself a new hat. No, no it wasn't. No, you're right. It was the peg, the peg hat. I bought that like a month ago. With yeah, the blue and gold peg hat. Yeah. So Before that, it had been a while. Before that, it had been a while. Four months. Five, six. Yeah, it's a while. Dude, you're like a four time a year at least cat buyer. <laughs> at least one per quarter. Quarterly, your quarterly <laughs> cat purchase by Brett McGarry. <laughs> It's McGarry and McNabb. Mackling's on his way to Regina for the Grey Cup. Let's say hello to the host of Connecting Winnipeg, Hal Anderson. Hi, Hal. Good morning. You guys were talking this morning about uh, snacks when you're on a road trip. What about music? I think today we'll talk a bit about your favorite road trip tunes. I dig that. Yes. Yeah. I kind of, I don't know what, I kind of like, uh, I, and I don't go out of my way to listen to a ton of classic rock, but there's something about being on the road that makes me want to yep. listen to classic rock. Yeah, yeah, but me then too. you have a heavy foot as a result. I think <laughs> certain music, like I, <laughs> has certain results. Yeah, just put on Ace yeah. of Spades by Motorhead and uh, see what <laughs> and see what happens. There, you turn into yeah. Mad Max. Yeah, that's a good one, Al. I like that. Well, if I'm and if I'm in charge of the. Uh, of the tunes on a road trip, it's usually 80s. And then that's when my Ooh. wife Jackie is ready to open the door and jump. 
Who's in charge of the snacks on your car ride? Oh, boy. We kind of do our, we do our, uh, Lorraine, that is, listen, I love my wife dearly, as you know, but boy, that's some, that's an area where we just do not agree on very, on very much, to be honest with you. She looks at me and goes, what is that? What are you eating, <laughs> right? Why is there a jar of pickled eggs Well, yes, and often, and often it's still mooing, you know, and she's like, why are you putting that in your mouth? It's horrible. Anyhow, so we'll, we'll, we will talk treats, road trip treats, but also road trip tunes today, and we'll uh, see if Greg can jump on by cell. We'll see what his cell service is like wherever he's at on his way to Regina. We're also going to talk about those tunes with Eric Alper, our uh, musicologist who joins us quite often on the show today. Shortage of pain meds for kids. We'll get into that. Uh, the World Cup Canada is going to be at the World Cup. It begins, I believe, on Sunday officially. Hector Vergara will join us from Manitoba Soccer Association on that today. Jeff Semple, global national reporter, has been aboard this new Canadian icebreaker. And I want to try and squeeze some of that great audio, some of that great reporting in uh, that he has been doing. And I want to try and add, uh, you know, on Mondays we talked to Lisa Dutton, Global News anchor, uh, Lisa Dutton at 11.30 on Thursdays, Carolyn Klassen Fridays. Uh, it's uh, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen. On Tuesdays, I want to do a technology, high-tech Tuesdays, 11.30 on Tuesdays. We'll start today with David Papp. In Australia, they are considering banning cyber ransom payments. You know, when your data gets taken for ransom? Mm-hmm. In Australia, they're thinking about making payment for that to get your data back illegal. So we'll get into that and some other stuff on the show. Eight billion people, some other stories that caught my eye this morning, eight billion people and a Christmas movie house that is for sale. All that and more coming up here right after the news at 10 and Connecting Winnipeg. Al Anderson's on from 10 until 12, followed by Jets at Noon with Cameron Portress and Jim Toth, and then the Jim Toth Show 1 to 3. The News with Rich and Julie from 3 until 6, and the Sports Show with Christian O'Mell from 6.30 until 9. Lauren McNabb, do not enjoy Rice Krispie Squares today. Now I feel like I have to make some, though. (laughs) After all, I don't know. Maybe I've been overly aggressive about this. I just came out of the gates hard on it, like a hard stance for kind of no reason. You know, then I stood my ground. Now I'm waffling. Four hours are over. The show's over. I'm waffling. (laughs) Okay. Well, if you do make some, enjoy it. (laughs) I'll bring you some. I hope so. We'll both enjoy them. Forte and Master Control will enjoy some as well. Great job as always, sir. Thank you very much for listening to The Start on 680 CJOB. And I know why you're playing this song, Forte. It's because I talked about speeding on the highway. And sure enough, every time I mention speeding, you play this song because I got a speeding ticket to this song like 10 years ago. 70 and a 50 by the uh, Misericordia Hospital. (laughs) Jeff Brown with the news is next. So get.